0: Husker fans, we are back with another pro-con episode of the Big Red Roundtable. Scott and I are joined, as always, by the cousins from the Husker Cuzcast. Well, minus one, Tyler is unable to join us tonight, but somehow we will get over it and soldier on like any good podcaster would. And I can say with confidence that, Tyler, we all miss you, but not your takes. Anyway, we will take one topic tonight and take a minute each or so to list our pros as well as our cons on the topic. Then spend the last part of the show debating any and all things shared by the panelists. We hope you enjoy this talk tonight. And tonight's topic is the return, as you saw in the opening, return of the huddle, something that uh, Marcus Satterfield talked about quite a bit in his uh, press conference, oh, probably four weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, which that's how... uh, topical we are here at the big red round table we wait four weeks before we talk about shit everybody else has already talked about so um here you go <laughs> hopefully maybe we have just a slightly different spin um and based on how much justin was drinking before the show i'm pretty sure his room is spinning already um anyway <laughs> so why don't we just kick it right off we're gonna talk about the huddle the huddle has returned and we want to pro con it so Go ahead, Justin, lead us off. You know what? I'm not going to do what we did last week, folks. If you're watching, you saw me switching camera angles all over the screen. I'm not doing that this week. Heck, that drove me nuts. Uh, So we're just going to go in the same order all the way around uh, during this show. So, Justin, go ahead and lead us off. What is your pro for the huddle?
1: All right. So it kind of sounds obvious, but it slows the game down a little. So it's not to say that, you know, without the huddle, the no huddle, I should say, is like a hurry up offense because it's 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 not. But huddling, it does slow the game down offensively and defensively. And what what that's really good for is the defense. So the defense isn't on the field nearly as much, you know, given up as many plays typically than what they usually do. Over the last am I out of time already? No. Okay. So what we've seen over the last four years, five years, is, you know, especially under Frost, you know. Bad defense. And so I'm hoping with the huddle, defense improves, the offense is more efficient, and we just see a better product on the field. righty, You're up, Derek. What do you I, think?
2: I, I'm going to be really honest with you. I, to, to, <laughs> to, to, to me, what offense <laughs> we run really doesn't make a difference to me as long as it works. And, I mean, if we're winning games and we're running a slow, methodical offense, great. I and it, it, so I just kind of came up with kind of a joke here. You, we get more of a chance for beer breaks. Uh, so I guess it's kind of slowing <laughs> the game down, as Justin says. But I, I look, it, it's not a bad thing. I'm not, it's certainly could be a very good thing if, if it slows things down because obviously being in a hurry did not win us a lot of games. I, and and Justin, you bring All up right. Scott Frost, but even under Riley, we didn't. Do a ton. We, we kind of try, it seemed like we're in a hurry a lot of times. It didn't work with him either. Uh, it works for some teams though. And I, and I, that's, I, I guess if it works for them, I guess it works for them. But I, I don't know what to take for Nebraska. is yeah, yep. if, if slowing it down is what takes it to work, then I'm all for it.
0: All righty. Scott, you're up. What's your pro on uh, the huddle?
2: All right. So what I've
3: got is that it simplifies the process for better communication. Um, yes, you can look over at these cue cards and they all mean abstract things and all that stuff. But when your quarterback is literally looking at everybody in the face and, and verbalizing exactly what our coaches or the quarterback wants to have happen, then I think it just simplifies the process altogether. Um, It could or could not, you know, some people are visual learners. Some people are, are, uh, are like, uh, audio learners or whatever. They learn more when they hear, they learn more when they see. So I think there's going to still be a trade-off for that, but I really think that it just like Justin and Derek said, I think it gives our players the opportunity to slow things down a little bit and honestly just keep up with the pace that the big 10 sets as precedent, which is. Game management, clock management. I think it gives us a little bit more of an opportunity to let that naturally occur instead of uh, it being something that we have to unnaturally do where our scheme is these cue cards and speeding everything up. It just it just seemed it just didn't seem to uh, it didn't jive very well with the Big Ten structure. So I
0: like it. I appreciate that take. And, you know, uh, you kind of mentioned it in yours, uh, Scott, as far as, uh, the quarterback getting a chance to talk with the team and, and relay the play. Um, it's also one of the things that Marcus Satterfield talked about was, uh, the opportunity for vocal leadership by the quarterback and maybe a center or something. Who's got an issue with a couple of his offensive linemen in my mind. Um, you build relationships in those, those huddles. Uh, I think Satterfield mentioned that as well. And Hey, if somebody screws up, you know, you get that second false start in a row at the beginning of the Oklahoma game, like we had two years ago, maybe if we were huddling, Adrian could have grabbed somebody by the face mask and said, knock that crap off, you know, and, and, and instead of, yelling at each other on the way to the sidelines, you actually may be able to do a little bit of yelling at each other on the field and, and uh, get some things worked out. And, you know, for me, the huddle means, it means that you're not getting those cue cards. It's, it's not this meerkat. Everybody looks to the sideline after we line up to actually get the play instead of lining up to see what the defense is going to do. The quarterback's going to have to know the playbook a little better. And I think that's a good thing too. So that's my pro. um, Why don't we move on to the cons and Justin, you're up first. Go ahead. What is your con when it comes to idling?
1: So, you know, i kind of alluded to this, you know, uh, slows the game down a little bit. So what does that mean? You know, on offense, less plays per game on offense, typically, not, not always, but typically it's going to be less uh, plays per game. So you're going to have to be a little bit more efficient. Uh, and with the, you know, with the proper coaching staff in place, I think that's really going to happen uh, for the Huskers uh, this year and in the years to come. So uh, I it's not a big con. I mean, th- this whole thing with pro uh, with the huddle, you know, pros and cons of it, you know, it's, I guess it's just preference, but yeah, not a lot of cons. You're on mute, Ken.
0: It's, it's, it's just an opinion based thing that we're doing here. Really? I mean, and we're just kind of shooting for stuff to put content out. So sorry, (laughs) we're we're grabbing what we can folks. (laughs) There's not much to talk about right now. uh, Other than a new recruiting class, which you guys did on your latest episode. I haven't gotten a chance to hear it yet, but I'm looking forward to your take on it. Um, Go ahead, Derek. What is your uh, con when it comes to the huddle?
2: Well, you it Again, uh, this could be a little bit of a con just because you're slowing the offense down. So you don't get that chance to really wear a defense down and catch them off guard uh, and get those exciting plays that we've kind of come to love. Uh, you know, and, and, and right. I do find that fun to watch. I, I really do. I, I like catching defenses off guard and seeing some of these defenses wore out and hands on hips and just knowing you got their backs against the wall. Uh I think it makes for fun football. Uh watching the methodical run game and uh slow offense isn't always quite as fun to watch.
0: Okay. I can I can uh I can understand where you're coming from for sure. Uh Scott, why don't you go ahead?
3: Yeah, so I kind of alluded to it in my pro, which was it's going to take some time for the current players to adjust to that kind of system. Um, Some of our transfer guys might be used to it, but a lot of the guys that have been here for multiple years at this point, they're used to the cue cards. So from just a repetition standpoint for this first year, I think that's really where it's going to be. uh, The biggest con is that, I mean, they've got time, they've got spring, they've got fall, they've got all this time to figure it out, but there's still going to be some, some, some dust or I don't even know what I could use as a metaphor. It's just going to take them some time to get used to it. And like I said, you know, there's, I I just like to think from like a psychological standpoint, there's visual learners and there's audio learners. And so the visual learners are now going to have to learn a whole new way of of understanding uh, an offensive concept. And the audio learners are going to probably really enjoy this because they'll probably grasp the system a little bit quicker. So I think it'll be it'll take some time to really uh hash itself out but I think going into November will will probably be pretty much squared away I would hope.
0: All righty. Good take. I appreciate that. Um and 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 mine's kind of similar to yours Scott in the sense that uh like you said it's going to take a while for these guys to learn uh, how to call plays and the huddle, especially for the quarterbacks that are used to working out of the shotgun and looking at cue cards. Um, there's a new playbook. I mentioned this as well in my pro uh, and verbiage that they need to learn, which the only con I could really think of with that is the sense that there's maybe some opportunities for more delay of game. Uh, as a quarterback is learning learning the uh, playbook and the amount of plays that I'm sure they're not going to be used to because this is going to be a different offense. And the other thing that, that kind of crosses my mind is, um, slowing the game down is probably going to protect the defense, but it may lead to some game management issues as well. If guys are having a hard time with the playbook, having a hard time spitting the play out in the huddle and you got to call timeouts when you don't want to call timeouts, that could hurt Mm -hmm. you otherwise as well. So, I could see the pros on this and I could see the cons. And and in many ways, all of us have listed pros that are very similar to the cons we listed too. So, um, preference,
1: matter of preference.
0: It's certainly a preference. You know, you sent me, uh, sent us on the group, Justin, that article, uh, about Marcus Satterfield when he was at South Carolina talking about the huddle break, the whole go into the huddle, call the play and all this stuff, then you flip around, you run up to the line, you snap the ball almost as soon as the quarterback slaps the center in the nuts, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've seen that. I've seen that in some of the playoff games this year. I've seen seen that in some of the um, college games as well, too, that, that teams were doing this, and that was catching defenses off guard. So, um, you know, your point, Derek, while you're probably right, that it's harder to catch a defense off guard when you're huddling – there are ways you can mitigate it. You can get your way around that by using the huddle break system. And I have a feeling we're probably going to see some of that for sure with Satterfield at the controls. I don't know. Anybody else have any takes or any ideas or thoughts on what cons and pros were shared
1: by others? Well, so my observation is, you know, my son, he's been, he, he plays football here in Texas. So he's been playing tackle football since sixth grade. Right. And he's never broken from a huddle, even when, you know, from an early age, they do the no huddle. You know, everybody looks to the sideline and, you know, that's how they get their plays in. I don't even know if my son would even know how to break from a huddle.
2: <laughs> it, mean, it, it kind of reminds you of, the, of one yeah, of my crazy. favorite movies, The Replacements. When they all get to the huddle and they're arguing over who's supposed to be sticking in where. Nobody, nobody can figure yeah. anything out. He <laughs> ends up getting like two delay pen, two delay game penalties and they never even break the huddle. And then finally a guy pukes in the huddle, so they all move together. And the coach is like, Well, at least they're doing something together. Jesus. You know, it, and, yeah. and that's that's my fear of watching this huddle right off the bat. I'm like, oh God. I hope it don't turn ugly like that. Oh, sure. But,
1: so, I mean, like the only time my son, he never ever huddled is like playing seven on seven when they huddle around the coach, you know, just, just the seven of them, you know, get the play to go in. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you guys are in Nebraska. I mean, do they huddle in Nebraska? In high school football?
0: I, I don't watch enough high school football to know. Um, my guess is there's uh-huh. probably some teams that do, but I doubt it. I think they've all been trying to play, mimic the kind of offense that Frost was running. You know, just like everybody mimicked the option and huddled and did all that kind of stuff way back when Osborne and Solich were running the show. So, um, I, don't I don't know. That's a good question. I probably should research that a little But I, I didn't. mean,
1: it's been, you know, it's been a long time since I've thrown on pads, you know, in the <laughs> 90s. But, I mean, Derek, I mean, you know what? It was, we never even thought about, like, not huddling when <laughs> we played high school football. You but know? nobody did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I, think everybody
2: also to time, remember so. we were in the middle of the Osborne era when every high school was running an option football yeah. too.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Everybody was running an option. Everybody was huddling. I mean, I don't know, maybe going back to the old school and changing the pace of the game where defenses are expecting us to go at light speed and have been for years, uh, changing the pace of the game and, having to deal with different personnel on the field and what they're used to seeing from a Nebraska offense, I uh, could be an advantage and especially coming out of the huddle and throwing some of those huddle breaks in there. Uh, I, I, I can see it being a, an Achilles heel in a penalty side and learning the playbook and those kinds of things. But I can also see it being a huge advantage in, especially for a defense trying to figure out how to go from a three, four, that kind of morphed into a four, two, five. And now we're going to a three, three, five. And, Speaking of which, the three most productive defenders, as far as tackles are concerned, are ahead into the NFL. So yeah. I can see the huddle definitely as, as far as a clock management and as far as keeping the defense from being too exhausted. I mean, if we go three and out and it takes two and a half, three minutes to go three and out instead of a minute and a half, that's going to help at the end of the game. So um, so
1: Derek already alluded to this, that he doesn't really care whether we huddle or not. And I'm I'm kind of the same boat. I I, I really don't care whether... Not we huddle, Ken Scott. I mean, do you guys have a preference, or do you nope? Can, do you guys care? Okay, I nope. I do a I, little. I like the huddle better than the no
0: huddle, but I do if if it works, it works. That's what I care about is if it works.
3: I yeah. I have a little bit more of just like a. I, I tend to look at things like okay, where is the landscape moving, and there's a reason for it. There's a meta, you know a meta Mm -hmm. choice that college football as a whole tends to pick across the evolution of college football. And so wherever that meta line is at, it's like, I kind of want to be there because it's like, I don't want to just go into this realm of obscurity and obsoleteness, you know, if that's even a word. Um, (laughs) And so it's like,
0: obsolescence. I think you were looking for obsolation or no, that's what Justin is after enough bourbon. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt your thought.
3: Um, (laughs) So that's, I guess that's where my area of concern would be. Like I kind of said in my, in, in my con, I put, you know, it's going to take time for current players to adjust. And and a lot of that just has to do with, yeah, if I were to assume, I would say it's probably 75% of high schools do cue cards and no huddle. And then there's like a 25% from the smaller, more rural areas that probably focus more on the huddle because I mean, just, just kind of how the, how the landscape works out. I I would imagine that from a, from a, you know, a national scale, you know, three fourths, if not, you know, less, you know, maybe two thirds of, of all college football teams, they all do the no huddle cue card stuff. So it's like, there's a reason why it's moving in that direction, but at the same time, it's, it's clearly capable. Like the, the huddle is clearly capable of being successful because if it wasn't, then every college would be doing it. So it's kind of a balance between those two things, where it's like sure. I, I I I lean more towards okay, where's the where's the landscape actually moving? But if it hasn't moved that way wholesale, then there's got to be some intrinsic value to the way things were done a generation before. So that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Uh, right. I would say from a personal level, from like a, what interests me as a as an individual. I'd say I kind of like the huddle a little bit more because I think it does give our players an opportunity to communicate to have camaraderie to you know like my like my dad said, get in each other's faces when when shit's not flying in the right direction and to correct uh individual performances from a peer to- peer level um, in the moment I think that's I think that's incredibly valuable, so that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at.
0: I I'm, I'm good with either one. I I think there's value to both sides. I think I wasn't it wasn't it the Buffalo Bills that kind of started the whole no huddle craze throughout the entirety of a game, wasn't that back in the 90s when they, the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls and Kelly was in the shotgun 99% of the time and they never huddled and basically ran a two minute offense. They never won a Super Bowl with it. They got dang close. Uh there's not been other than the fact that there was two teams in the national championship game that always went no huddle. Otherwise, (laughs) when Alabama was kicking everybody's ass and there was, you know, fast-paced teams that would play them and Alabama would get in the huddle and they'd lean over the ball and they'd beat the living daylights out of you with a big, nasty offensive line and a grinded-out run game. And then, you know, to your point, Scott, then Nick Saban said, all right, I guess I got to drag my old butt into the – 21st century, and he hired Lane Kiffin, and next thing you know, they're going into more of a spread uh, type system with a mobile quarterback. You know, he used to recruit strictly statues. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys remember this. If I recall correctly, um, when Riley was here, the quarterback always had to run to the sideline to get the play, and then run back out to the guys, relay the play in some sort of a uh, stand. That up. was
1: that was Joe Daly. When uh, Callahan came
0: here, when well, Callahan came, okay, that was when yeah, Callahan. That was Joe came. Daly okay. running
1: back and forth because the West Coast back game. when West when Coast
0: Osborne was. and Solich were running. He always had somebody that was going to sub into the game that took the play in. So somebody would run out a wingback or somebody would run out give the quarterback the play. He'd call the play, and then the next play, either that wing back or somebody else would leave the game, and somebody else would shuttle in with the play. The quarterback right. rarely had to go to the sidelines skip the play. I wonder if we're going to see some of that. It could be interesting kind, to see it kind where of feels it goes. Like the circle um, of life
2: in football, don't it? Like, like, like yeah, it's, it's all coming, just back, coming around. back around,
0: full circle. <laughs> and if you expect me to sing the song, that but, but, but happened, I will say this: um, you
2: talked about Alabama. But one, one thing that, I, and I hate giving the SEC any credit for anything, but if, if they've proven anything, it's the fact that defenses still win championships. And, and you could talk about these offenses mm-hmm. being high pace. You could talk about them doing what they want. But at the end of the day, it's the elite defenses that are winning the championships. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. I came in, uh,
1: in researching for this episode, you know, I came across an article written in like 2013 or 2014, talking about the huddle. And uh, to that point, 2013 or 2014, in and it said during the BCS era, only one team had uh, won the national title uh, being a no-huddle offense, or and that was Texas. Texas was the only one out of that history. Wow. So wow. I thought that was pretty fascinating. That is- no, it
0: would have been 05 then, right? Yep. But that
1: article, I mean, you know, going back to like the '98 with the BCS era, only one team that was a no-huddle ever won the national title. So I thought that was fascinating, and I think it's changed now.
3: Were you able to find a newer, up-to-date article of like where the college landscape is at?
1: So from that time I'm imagining, can, no. So I tell you what, so when I was looking into this, trying to find uh, statistics about teams that huddle teams that don't huddle the percentage of snaps and stuff, it was very difficult from what I could find. I even reached out to our friend, uh, Adam McClintock, the college football professor to see cool. if he was had any stats on this and he, they don't track any stats for the huddle either. So.
2: Uh, well, I think it's like Ken said. Yeah, I think either one can work. It's not a. It is definitely sure. a preference thing, but either one can work. It's just a matter of if your offensive coordinator is smart enough to throw a wrench into the defense a little bit here. True. And having a good offensive Absolutely. line to control that line of scrimmage, and that's what it really boils down to. No matter what offense you run.
0: Well, yeah, you you were talking Justin earlier and I think you you mentioned it as well, the fact that it slows the game down. Um back in the day, you know, that defense, that that's what won it. For, you know, Nebraska's offense was great, but once that defense got next level awesome, that was when we were winning all the championships and 9 times out of 10, we were three and out people. They'd come out on the field Two and a half minutes later, our offense is running back out on the field. And while it was slower paced because we were huddling all the time, they still got off 65, 70 plays a game because that defense was so good. And that's how they wore people down. I'm hoping that as we're in this transition phase, we kind of give these guys a chance to learn what it is, uh, the rule print, if you will, on how they want to do things that we're going to get back to that. We're going to get back to where that defense is attacking. It's fast. And eventually, we get to where we're three and out some of these teams more often than we're not. And we're actually getting to the point where this defense, this offensive line is wearing teams down.
2: Well, and I'll uh, go back so. to this. Justin <laughs> talked about how bad these offenses lo- or defenses looked uh, these last five years under Frost. You have to wonder how much of that was because of the offense and how fast paced it was and how, how much they got wore out throughout the game. There were a lot of games our defense kept us in the games. Where I was like, they just couldn't get that stop at the end of the game. And you wonder how, how yeah, they were wore out. They were out. tuckered. Yep. So, so so you definitely have to think that the, 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 the huddle fixes that problem at least. Should. Yeah, if you can I-
0: control the clock, if you can go on a five, six-minute drive halfway through the second quarter, you know, those dudes are going to be sucking wind going in at halftime. They're probably not going to rejuvenate nearly as much as they normally would. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. You were going to say something, Scott, I think?
3: Oh yeah, no. Was... I, just, I was just okay. in complete agreement with that because that was kind of what I, that was my hypothesis or theory or whatever for the last few years of the Frost defense I I really truly believe that our defense was better than it than it looked on the stat sheet simply because our offense always put them in less than ideal situations. Yep. And who knows? Who knows this we could we could be watching an entirely different football team i hope so i hope we watch an entirely different football team um coming into 2023 because yeah if they can if they can bring that pace down to the game our offense can really slow things down because with the 335 i mean that's that's a definitional bend don't break type of defense structure and so our defense is probably going to be on the field a little bit more than than uh while I want to say a little bit more than we're used to, it'll probably end up feeling the kind of the same way. Um, But the difference is, is that it's structured to be like that. And if our offense gives our guys some time to breathe that, I mean, a few minutes can make all the difference in the long, in the long run till the end of the game. So that's what I'm hoping for.
1: But just because you huddle, I mean, you still have to execute. You still have to to execute. You you still have have to to do
2: the exercise. Let's face it. Let, have let's to, just yeah, yeah. call it what it is and talk about the offensive line and understand that, that probably screwed us out of more games than any. Like we have to have an offensive line that's going to be able to block. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter for no, no, It's going to come down. It's going to come down the trenches, yeah. just like it always does, especially in the Big Ten.
3: Yeah, and I think I think when we get into our next topic um, for the next episode, when when we start talking about. Spoiler alert, sneak peek, we're going to talk about the fullback um, and restructuring the offense to, I don't know, that's that's going to that's gonna pay dividends, I think, which I'm going to save all of those thoughts for it. But yep. that's, the hell is a fullback? I think, I don't know. I've heard it's like a unicorn these days. Who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah we'll, I think. We'll go watch I think-
0: that 99 uh, Fiesta Bowl. Willie Miller will show you. <laughs> After he goes for like 90 yards in the third quarter, because Tennessee was so beat up.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I think I think honestly if we're if we're putting in the huddle, I think them deciding we're going to also put a fullback in and put two tight ends on the left and right side, I mean that's how you solve the offensive line problem, but I'll expand my thoughts on that here uh, in the next episode. Next so episode,
0: yep. That will come out. I will. That's right. So if you're watching this, thank you. We appreciate it. It's Monday night instead of Tuesday night this time, and you've only had to hop in the DeLorean to go forward a day. Uh, So that's awesome. We really appreciate it. Uh, Guys, where can folks find the Husker CuzCast?
1: You can find us on Twitter and uh, Facebook at Husker CuzCast. And I got to say, Ken, I miss Tyler because none of us argued (laughs) at all.
3: Yeah, this is horse shit.
1: This is this. We need, we need Tyler back to say something stupid, so uh, we can all attack him. So we have something to argue about. Yes, yes. About. yes this is like tame shit.
3: So we but can hear uh, him unmute his microphone. a little, a little like yep. that he put.
1: Okay, guys. So here's this is what I'm thinking. A
3: one steak sauce. Anyway, a one steak. steak sauce. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: that was the worst <laughs> analogy ever, still is, in the history of podcasting, for fart's sake. Uh, anyway, so you can find us as well on Facebook. Well, you podcast, you didn't even get to say it. It's the Husker Cuscast on on your favorite podcast app, right?
1: Yep, that's
0: it. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't remember if you said it or not. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know where to find us, folks. Facebook, Twitter, uh, at GenRedPod, as well as GenRedPod on YouTube. Scott can be found at Scott gen red pod or gen red pod's got a camera is it what is it scott
3: it's at scott gen red pod that is as you guys are probably aware that is two t's the second one is silent you can follow me on twitter i just post a bunch of terrible memes that have food in them so <laughs> terrible food they're good memes bad food yeah good memes uh, <laughs> bad food good vibes <laughs> and then if you like
0: your show in audio form, uh, this will be available actually before the video drops on Monday night. So Monday mornings, the video, the audio drops at 8 a.m. Generation Red is the name of the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you subscribe, like, leave us all a rating and review on whichever podcast you listen to or whatever app you listen to. It helps folks find the show. We really appreciate you all watching. We appreciate you all listening. And uh, they're the Husker Cuscasts. Scott and I, we are Generation Red, and we are here to remind you every single time we get together that there is absolutely no place like Nebraska.
3: Iowa's corn sucks the crusty gooberness that gets built up underneath <laughs> your oven, and you have to pull it out and clean it every once in a while. Well, they just eat that as like an hors d'oeuvre.
0: Yeah, I think well, they put well, it on the corn.
2: Or just easier said, <laughs> Iowa I eats eye right.
0: Yeah, Probably. Yeah, probably. No doubt about it. Yep. Thanks guys. Go Big Red. Perfect.